I was, I was brought up believing that you were placed on Earth here more or less with sort of a 50-50 proposition. And this is what I still believe. We're placed here with certain talents and capabilities, and it's up to each one of us to use those talents and capabilities as best you can. And if we use our talents properly, I think there is a power greater than any of us that will place the opportunities in our way. When I, when I think of Orville and Wilbur Wright standing on a hill at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, tossing a coin in the air to see which one would take the first airplane flight. And then I think of us here today. I just thank God I live in a country where the best and the finest in a man can be brought out. Welcome to the first show of my 15th year on AM590, The Answer. Uh, I thought this might have lasted, you know, a six months or a year. And now we are in year 15. And you know what? Here we are. Here we are. And welcome to it. So um, I open up with that clip from The Right Stuff. You know, hey, you know what? I just believe it's a 50-50 proposition. You know, they're giving a... We're given these talents and these uh, responsibilities, and it's up to us to do the best we can with them. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I live in a in a, a country where you the best and brightest can be brought out of everybody. Um, I use that clip specifically, uh, you know, uh, my friend Amato Hernandez, who's a uh, realtor at Excellence in Realty in uh, Moreno Valley, came over, and he wanted to get an autographed copy of my book. And uh, while he was there, he decided to do a... Uh, a video and talk about talk about the uh, basically how um, the young people the young people want to be busy all the time and busy and being productive are two different things. I even had some of my youngsters that are working in my office come in and and listen to them for a few minutes because so it's not just Ed who's saying hey uh, young people want to want to 
be busy. They don't want to be productive and uh, they don't, they don't want to hear it from the old timers. Um, and uh, uh, so he does this video and we're talking about what's in my book and he's talking about uh, basically success principles. And when we get, I say, Hey, the, the book gets into, into college and it gets into real estate investing, gets into politics and it gets into all kinds of different things. And he goes, so I know you're involved in politics. So, you know, from political standpoint, as we get ready to wind this up, he goes, what do you think, what do you think needs to happen? And I said, you want me to say it? We need to get rid of all the Democrats. And, uh, uh, and then we went on for a couple more questions and then we closed it up and we got a lot of good, a lot of good um, response on uh, it was Facebook live. And then uh, the, the next day it gets pulled from Facebook. And one of, one of the guys says, that was a great interview. That was a great interview, but Facebook pulled it. And I said, oh, I can't imagine why they did that. Could it be because I said, get rid of all, Paul, all Democrats? I'm just telling the truth. You know, what needs, what needs to happen for our country to be great? We need to get rid of all the Democrats. We need to eliminate Democrats in leadership because it's been shown that they can't be trusted. They can't be trusted to do what's right by our country. They only do what's right to get more money to squander and somehow get their hands on it. More things to scare us, more things to, uh, to uh, just make things worse, just to make things worse. And then the, the media gets involved to, to make it all seem real. Um, we were talking about January 6th and one of the girls in my office goes, goes, uh, well, wasn't it true that some guy got some Capitol police guy got, got beat. I said, no, it wasn't true, but that's what they said. They said that some of the protesters beat him with a fire extinguisher to death when in fact that didn't happen. And the guy had a heart attack and uh, ended up dying in the hospital the next day and uh, had nothing to do with being beat. But, and still this week, there's Biden and Pelosi and, and, uh, and our vice president saying the same stuff and saying, Hey, all these people got killed in this insurrection, insurrection at the hospital. And it's all, uh, in, as if, as if all this stuff is true. When we know that since that day, all the truth has come out. The only person that got killed, don't say the only person who passed away. The only person who got killed on January 6th was Ashley Babbitt. And she was killed uh, by a, by a Capitol police officer, unarmed, unarmed protest in the Capitol, no warning signs, just shot her in the neck and uh, no charges were filed against that Capitol policeman, no trial, no nothing. So it just, I just said, you know what, this is what our country was. This is what our country could be, but right now we're not there. And then that song was the walk of life there straights. And, uh, you know, we got to walk, do the walk, do the walk of life, get through it, follow your path. Your, your path isn't going to be the same as my path, but you have your path. If you want to be great, you have to walk your path and pay your price. And your price won't be the same as mine. But if you want to have the kind of uh, riches that, that I have, kind of uh, blessings that I have, then you have to pay a price. That's one thing that uh, God ensures that nobody gets. Nobody gets the, the desires of their heart without paying a price. 
being prepared to take it, take it when once God allows you to have it. So kind of how I'm kind of how I thought I'd just, I'd start 2022. And uh, that's 2022. That's a two, two at the end. Uh, uh, President Biden uh, will, you'll know what that means in a few, in a, in a, I don't know, about uh, 10 minutes when we talk about how uh, Biden thinks uh, this is still 2020. Um, but we'll get, we'll get to that first. But before I go any further, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with uh, Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some, get in touch with me and talk about real estate and financing, whether it's refinancing or buying or doing a reverse mortgage, but you just don't want to talk on the phone just yet. Go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Planet Home Lending logo. That'll take you to my lending page, and you can uh, uh, and you can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. And whether that's a house in in uh, California or a house in that you'd like to own or you own would like to refinance, or something in Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, Utah, uh, Texas. Tennessee, Arkansas, Georgia, Florida. Now we have Virginia, and we're about to have Indiana next week. And uh, of course, there's still Ohio, Montana, Idaho, Washington, and Oregon. So there's uh, 17 states now. Uh, if you'd like to uh, be involved in any of those states with any properties in those states, did I say Florida? I think I did Florida. Florida and Georgia. Yeah, I think I got all those. Um, I kind of, I kind of envision envision the states. Uh, and the map in my eyes, and I just kind of move around the move around the country and hit them all. Um, so if there's if there's any states that you weren't sure if you heard that you'd that you'd be interested in, uh, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty, or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet Home Lending logo, and uh, we'll help you find whatever kind of information you're looking for. I have uh, one borrower who said, "Hey, I heard you say if you want to get an escape from California house." And I've been uh, living in Riverside all this time, and I'm just tired of it. And I've been working out of my home. And I say, hey, you know what? I told my boss, hey, I work from home. It doesn't matter whether I'm in California or if I'm in Tennessee. And I'm thinking I'd like to be in Tennessee. And uh, so she's keeping her same job. Uh, she bought herself a house in, um, um, what's the name of that city? Somewhere in eastern Tennessee. And uh, she got an accepted offer, and we're rocking and rolling. She's selling her house selling her house in, uh, in Harupa Valley and heading off to Tennessee. There's, I've got, I got lots and lots of those, uh, of those stories. If that needs to be you call me 855-640-2020 or at Hoffman.net click on planet home lending. Um, and we will, uh, help you find your way. Um, if you're not sure about anything, call and ask questions. Uh, if you, uh, want to hear any part of the, of the show repeated also on head at Hoffman.net, you can click on the podcast page. Um, and you can hear this show as well, several past shows on demand anytime you want to hear it. And uh, you can also get the uh, podcast on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, where you can actually go in, sign up and uh, subscribe for free. And every every week I record on Friday morning, so it'll upload Friday afternoon and it'll download to your device sometime in Friday evening. And uh, you can listen to it on demand whenever it's convenient for you 
if the if the radio times don't don't match. So let's uh, let's get into uh, 2022 and uh, what's happening here. So uh, we got a million cases now, million cases of uh, whatever that thing is, the cold. It's cold and flu season, so we'll just call it COVID. The new year began with a record-setting 1,082,549 new COVID cases reported on Monday, most of which are believed to be Omicron, which means you've got a runny nose. And uh, now, respond. And Omicron is now responsible for seventy-three percent of the U.S. cases. As uh, um, we were, we were um, averaging about seventy thousand cases a day, but now we're a million eighty-two thousand five forty-nine a day. Although that could have been uh, included with some of the some of the weekend, the whole weekend, because maybe the maybe they weren't counting on the weekend because people were um, partying and hanging over. So. Uh, as the virus rapidly makes its way through the population, even liberal media is forced to get honest about the possibility that this could be exactly what we need to end the pandemic. Here are, the, here are some of the uh, headlines the, from the Atlantic. Omicron is the beginning of the end. The LA Times said, could humanity catch a break with Omicron? CNBC, Omicron could burn through the US and potentially hasten the pandemic's end. Well. Kind of what uh, Trump was saying all those years um, before meeting with the White House with the White House COVID response team Tuesday. Joe Biden addressed the country to say, "Don't be afraid unless you're unvaccinated. If that's the case, be very afraid." Even though thousands of vaccinated people have tested positive, you know, be concerned about Omicron, but don't be alarmed. But if you're unvaccinated, you have some reason to be alarmed. Let me be absolutely clear. We have in hand all the vaccines we need to get every American fully vaccinated, including the booster shot. So there's no excuse, no excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah, there's no excuse to not be vaccinated, except for, uh, you know, there's really no excuse to get vaccinated based on the fact that vaccinated people are catching COVID again and again, and many of them are dying. Um, you could consider uh, Colin Powell, who had uh, two vaccines plus the booster, and he died of COVID. So what does that say about the COVID? And I guess if you, uh, if you look at the facts, there's like 20,000 people who've been vaccinated, caught COVID, and died. So does that mean COVID killed them? No, that means they had COVID and they died doesn't mean that they didn't have some underlying underlying cause going on. And, uh, and I'm av after having COVID myself, um, I will tell you that COVID is no fun. It's a pain in the butt. Um, it's not, it's not that terrible as people, people are made to feel for, for me, it wasn't or my wife and, uh, we haven't been vaccinated and, uh, we are not young and, uh, and I have, high blood pressure and asthma and uh, various other, various other things that aren't perfect with me, uh, which, which is a conflict with my generally perfect kind of, kind of a stature that I am, but uh, I'm joking. Um, but, but it wasn't that terrible. Um, I have a little bit of a lingering cough, but historically every November, I, you know, historically for years and years and years, every November, as soon as the, as soon as the, um, the nights start getting really cold and it's still hot during the day. 
I would uh, stir up my asthma problems and then it would turn into bronchitis and that would start in November and it would end sometime in early February. And so maybe that's just what this is. Maybe it has nothing to do with COVID, but it just seems like during COVID it started and then this is the only lingering, lingering thing um, regardless. So as for 500 million free tests that Biden promised Americans two weeks ago, those are yet to be fully delivered. People are waiting and drive through rapid test lines for hours, and the rapid tests are missing about 15% of the positive cases. So if these drive through uh, rapid tests that you can buy at Rite Aid and save on, or not save on, uh, CVS and uh, Walgreens, if these things are the ones that we're counting on, the ones that my sister said weren't accurate enough for, for uh, hospitals to let you in, um, if you had a negative one of those, um, apparently they're not all that accurate. Um, people are waiting in line, missing about 15% of the positive. Um, Brooke, my production assistant said she had, she had a, uh, she had a negative test and then, uh, retested the next day and it said p- positive. And then again, it said negative after that. So number one, Brooke has too many, uh, rapid tests. She's hogging them all because she was able to take three tests on herself and uh, some people can't even take one. Uh, I'll, you know, just uh, email me. I'll give you her address. If you want to go protest or Vox or not really, I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm getting the evil eye from Brooke. Um, But the, uh, I know when I got, when my wife was tested and she got positive, um, I went down to the County thing and I got tested and they said, okay, you'll have your answers in, in two to three days. So then I went over to Rite Aid and I got a and I got a a, a two pack of the of the test. I got actually I got two boxes of them, and I took a test and it said I was negative on that Wednesday night. And uh, Thursday morning I took it again and it said I was positive. And uh, then Friday I got got the thing from the county saying I was positive. So who knows? Who knows? Um, I felt better in about a week and I went there in two weeks. And it still said I was positive. So I wasn't feeling bad. I still had that lingering. <coughs> cough that I shouldn't have imitated. Because then it, I was just trying to imitate it. And all of a sudden, it <coughs> it's a terrible thing. Hold on. Let me take a drink of tea. All better. I had some chicken soup. It would really do. It would really do. So uh, there's no uh, there's no such thing as uh, as uh, this as any anything called the truth when they're talking about uh, COVID. So just uh, live your lives, live your lives, and if you get it, um, still live your lives, and uh, don't let the don't let the government invoke a social death upon you when uh, just to avoid the physical death. Well, I'm worried about dying, so uh, I'm worried about dying. So instead, I'm just gonna stay in my house. I'm not to talk anybody. And I'm not gonna be around anybody. I'm just gonna stay in my house with my phone and uh, surf Facebook. Not go to work. Not be productive. Not go to church. Not do any of that stuff. Which essentially means I'm dead um, because I don't want to die. Doesn't make much sense to me. Um, so what did Biden have to say about the the? The testing when he addressed the nation Tuesday. Just Google it. 
I know this remains frustrating. Believe me, it's frustrating to me. But we're making improvements with more capacity for in-person tests. We should see waiting lines shortened and more appointments freed up. Google, quote, COVID test near me. Go there, Google, excuse me, COVID test near me on Google to find the nearest site where you can get a test most often and free. Yeah, and then when you find it, send it to Joe three zero three three zero. Yeah, when you find that COVID testing site, send it to Joe three zero three three zero. Yeah, we should have had had him add that back in there just so he'd sound a little bit more uh, illiterate. Uh, and we got one more gaffe from uh, Biden uh, from the Biden dementia file out of this address. Turns out he's not even sure what year we're in. There's a lot of reason to be hopeful in 2020. But for God's sake, please take advantage of what's available. Please. Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of reasons to be hopeful in 2020. Uh, it was called Trump. Unfortunately, the uh, Democrats, the white collar criminals that they are, um, figured a way to. Uh, to uh, shield shield all the all the all the borders from uh, that keep people from cheating and uh, you know send people you know it used to be used to be you you count you count ballots until the middle of the night till you're done so you're watching you're watching at midnight and it says hey uh, Trump is up by this and we got ninety five percent of the ballots in. We're still counting. You go to sleep. You wake up an hour later, and it and it's done. And they call the and they call the uh, call the race. You know, there's there's times when oh, it's too close to count in this in this race. We got all the ballots in, and it's 90, 99, uh, You know, say it's hundred percent in, and it's it's uh, forty seven point one to forty seven point one zero two, and you you know you're within a half a percent. It's going to have to go to recount. So let's. Let's do the absentee ballots. But in this case, in this case, we went to bed and Trump had a strong, strong lead in uh, four states. And we woke up and the game was all overturned. Well, we're going to stop here. We're going to stop. We'll pick up uh, uh, counting in the morning. Why? We never did that in history. So we're just supposed to uh, we're just supposed to uh, eliminate that and uh, and pretend that everything's all right. Biden won the Biden won the race and we shouldn't be uh, we shouldn't have any hope. So uh, which is going to which is going to bring us to everything that's going on in the country this week. But let's uh, let's go on to the kids. The kids have the lowest risk of hospitalization or death and even even lower risk of Omicron. But they're suffering more than anyone could due to covid mentality, uh, mentally, academically and socially. Um, here in California, the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health announced these new COVID safety guidelines. Teachers and school staff will be required to wear N95 or other medical grade masks. Students are now required to wear masks outdoors in crowded areas. So that means PE class, recess, lunch, you know, all the places they were able to, to be at school without a mask. Well, so now they're gonna make them wear masks during that. And that includes both public and private schools effective January 10th. And of course, if you remember from last week, I played this little clip of uh, what Fauci, the Lord God of coronavirus, uh, said about what masks are good for. 
There's a lot of confusion among people and misinformation surrounding face masks. Can you discuss that? The masks are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. Now, when you see people and look at the films in China and South Korea, whatever, everybody's wearing a mask. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Yeah, and so uh, uh, when you think of the, another cardiologist said, hey, putting a cloth mask on your face to... Uh, to save you from, uh, from coronavirus is like putting up a chain link fence to keep the mosquitoes out. So anyway, I'm all out of time for part one. Stay tuned for uh, five minutes of traffic, weather, commercial, and sports. And I'll be right back with uh, lots more of this fun, fun coronavirus stuff and uh, January 6th stuff. Don't go away. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. We're doing the walk of life into 2022. We're trying to figure out what's going on. We're, uh, we're uh, bobbing and weaving and bouncing and uh, bending and all that stuff. And uh, we're trying to not get caught by the COVID bug, but we're all going to get it at some point. And uh, if you've had it already, you'll get it again. And if you got vaccinated, you're no better off. And well, hey, I got the vaccination. So if it happens, I won't die. You don't know that. Oh, it'll be a lot milder if I if I get it. You don't know that. They just said that because they told first they told you that if you get the vaccine, you won't get it. But if you but then all of a sudden people that got the vaccine are getting it. They're saying, well, it's just not going to be as bad. And they said, oh, okay, well, that makes me feel better. It's just not going to be as bad. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. So keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. And uh, and don't uh, don't believe all that crap that you hear. So uh, let's see. Um, we were talking before the break about um, teachers are having to wear N95 school masks, and uh, this is LA County, and the kids are required to wear a mask in the one place in the in the few places they could take their masks off: PE class, recess, lunch, and. Uh, that's all that's all over starting January 10th, which is Monday. And we all know about Chicago, where the powerful teachers union voted this week to cancel in-person learning the night before the holiday break ended. That means thousands of parents had to call off work. Kids had to go back into sitting in front of a computer, all because teachers want to go don't want to go to work, although they're claiming it's a demand for uh, better student testing. Oh, really? 
Even the city's liberal mayor, Lori Lightfoot, is fuming at the union. What we should not be doing is, is allowing CTU leadership to shut down an entire school system. For what? When our district was fully remote, our children suffered. There's no disputing that reality. We should not be politicizing the pandemic. That is a mistake and ultimately hurts our children and families. Yes, it does. And of course, um, we know that we know that uh, one of these one of these uh, uh, COVID COVID relief packages gave all these schools a ton of money to do to prepare to bring kids back to school. Where'd all that money go? And if there's one one thing Biden got right in this speech Tuesday, it's pointing out the cities like Chicago flushed their $1.8 billion in COVID relief money right down the toilet. I believe schools should remain open. You know, they have what they need. Because of the American Rescue Plan, we provided the states with $130 billion, with a B, billion dollars to specifically keep our students safe and schools open. That money went out to the states, and the states and the school districts have spent this money well, many of them, but unfortunately, some haven't. Yeah, well, $130 billion. You know, I was talking to some, uh, I was talking to some uh, members of the city council of uh, the city of Marino Valley, and they said, hey, they just allocated $50 million in the city of Marino Valley to, to fix the roads. And I'm going, oh, really? Oh, really? 50 million? Does anybody have any idea how many, how many roads can be fixed for 50 million? No, they throw out big numbers because they don't think we know what it is. But, uh, you know, you can't really imagine. Well, 50 million sounds like a huge number, but paving streets is expensive. Maybe that's just the scratching the surface. We'll see. We'll see if it gets down to uh, Ironwood between uh, Paris and Indian and if it gets up my street on Pico Vista. So uh, here's the. Uh, Here's the math I do. If the, if the federal government gave out $130 billion, which means those of us that pay taxes, we gave out $130 billion of that, there's about 76 million school-age kids in our, in our country. That's allocating $1,645 per kid to make sure that they're safe. So let's see, what could they be spending $1,645? Well, they put a little plexiglass thing around their desk. That's got to be worth uh, 40 bucks. And uh, especially when you're doing all of them and uh, they got to buy new masks. So there's another, uh, there's another, um, I don't know, uh, $3. And uh, what else? Oh, they got to put little dots on the, on the, on the floors that say, stand here, stand here, social distance. So where did all that money go? Kind of reminds me of a little thing we did in 2008 called TARP, uh, the Troubled Asset Recovery Program, where the federal government gave $800 billion to the banks to keep the banks from uh, failing um, as, the, as the subprime mortgages were, 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 going, were going toxic and to keep the, the banks from failing, which I think was a good thing. What I don't, what I don't agree with it. They just gave the banks the money and they didn't put any uh, rules on what they could spend it with. Happily, happily, the bank survived it and they and all that money was paid back. But I don't really see that with the schools. 
I think the schools just like to take money and just give it out. And they don't, they don't see that uh, same kind of logic in how you spend money. So uh, let's get on to, uh, let's get on to uh, uh, Thursday being January 6th, the one-year anniversary, the one-year milestone of the January 6th Capitol riot. And there's no way Democrats can let it pass without exploiting it to shreds. Uh, so any of you that were watching TV on Thursday, everything was January 6th. And if you got to hear uh, Biden or, uh, or Pelosi or Harris, or any one of a whole bunch of other Democrats talk, you you, you just you just want to shoot shoot your TV screen. Um, and I will tell you, don't pull out your gun and shoot your TV screen because it just it just messes up your TV and the people whose faces you're shooting at aren't really there. So don't waste your bullets. Um, so first they were they, first they're using it to push their most recent version of an election reform bill. They have, uh, they have two of them floating around the Senate right now, the John Lewis Voting Act and the Freedom to Vote Act. Their goal is to get rid of the filibuster so they don't ever, so they don't ever need a, a, a majority of 60. They can always go just by, the, uh, by the, the, the majority vote, which still has them screwed as long as uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema uh, hold out because if they don't get every single Democrat um, not likely they're going to get any any uh, any Republicans. Here's some of the details. The Democrats' New Year's resolution is to use the anniversary of last year's Capitol riot to justify a push for voting rights legislation. That is why voting reform and the Freedom to Vote Act is so important to our democracy. January 6th was not an isolated event. There is no better way to heal the damage of January 6th than to act. The stakes could not be higher. Yeah, the stakes could not be higher. They can't be. They can't be higher. But has, but the the stakes of what's going on in our country have nothing to do with the January sixth riot. It could have been settled on January sixth. But imagine you put a you put a a million or half a million uh, peaceful protesters, people like us that say, hey, we know Trump got got screwed on that thing. We saw them cheat in Michigan. We saw them cheat in Pennsylvania. We saw them cheat in Georgia. We saw all the evidence of uh, Wisconsin. We saw all that stuff. We know for a fact. We saw the the uh, poll watchers being blocked from being able to see things. We saw them push uh, push poll watchers out, saying, "Hey, we're done counting for the night." And then the security cameras pick them up. That uh, as soon as everybody's out, then people are pulling out boxes of ballots from underneath the underneath the tables. We saw all that. We heard the testimony of the of the guys from uh, from New York uh, taking votes, uh, truckloads worth of votes, and delivering them to some warehouse in Pennsylvania. Wait, why are votes for Pennsylvania being somewhere in New York? All this stuff, all this stuff adds up to to hey, this was a dirty election, and uh, but we're supposed to ignore that. And the whole idea is if you if you hear these speeches, it's all about we're trying to keep ballots from being counted because people deserve to have their vote. On Thursday, the anniversary of the riot, we got speeches from Pelosi, Harris, and Biden, made it clear the agenda is to pass one of those bills in the name of January 6th. Today, one year ago, the Capitol and those who work within it were targeted in a violent insurrection that sought to undermine democracy. When the violent assault was made on the Capitol, its purpose was to thwart Congress's constitutional duty to validate the electoral count and to ensure the peaceful transfer of power. 
certain dates echo throughout history. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. We saw with our own eyes, rioters menace these halls. What did we not see? We didn't see a former president who had just rallied the mob to attack, sitting in the private dining room off the Oval Office in the White House, watching it all on television and doing nothing for hours. This wasn't a group of tourists. This was an armed insurrection. They weren't looking to uphold the will of the people. They were looking to deny the will of the people. They were looking to uphold. They weren't looking to uphold a free and fair election. They were looking to overturn one. So now let's step up. Write the next chapter in American history, where January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning of a renaissance of liberty and fair play. I had to call bull. I had to call BS on that. Um, it's the beginning of a beginning of of uh, honesty and fair play. That's such BS. I just went over all the all the evidence of of what we saw. We all saw it. You can you can see it and then turn your back and say, well, you know, CNN said this wasn't true, and uh, PMS NBC said said this, and you know, Rachel Maddow said said Trump's a bad guy. And uh, Morning Joe, he's uh, he's he's the he's the truth behind everybody's truth. And he said he doesn't like Trump. Biden's a great guy. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Um, and they, they line up these days and they forget all about they forget about the the many, many times that the Capitol has been attacked uh, since 1915, all the way up through uh uh, 1998, people bombing the Capitol, people uh, bombing the Senate, the Weather Underground people that supported uh, that supported uh, Barack Obama, setting off bombs uh, in the men's bathroom, the floor below the floor below the Senate chamber. Um, all these things have been going on in protest for 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 centuries. Uh, the day before, the day before, Attorney General Merrick Garland gave a speech to all Department of Justice employees bragging about everything they've done to punish anyone involved with the riot. But first, he wanted to thank American public for turning on their friends and their neighbors. In the aftermath of the attack, the Justice Department began its work on what has become one of the largest, most complex, and most resource-intensive investigations in our history. Only a small number of perpetrators were arrested in the tumult of January 6th itself. Every day since, we have worked to identify, investigate, and, appre and apprehend defendants from across the country. So far, we have issued over 5,000 subpoenas and search warrants, seized approximately 2,000 devices, poured through over 20,000 hours of video footage, and searched through an estimated 15 terabytes of data. We have received over 300,000 tips from ordinary citizens who have been our indispensable partners in this effort. The, F the FBI's website continues to post photos of persons in connection with the events of January 6th, and we continue to seek the public's assistance in identifying those individuals. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. But what about the juicy, juicy details everyone wants to know? Arrests, felonies, and other charges. Here's more from Merrick Garland. As of today, we have arrested and charged more than 725 defendants in nearly all 50 states and the District of Columbia for their roles in the January 6th attack. Those who assaulted officers or damaged the Capitol face greater charges. Those who conspired with others to obstruct the vote count also face greater charges. Those who did not undertake such conduct have been charged with lesser offenses, particularly if they accepted their responsibility early and cooperated with the investigation. In the first months of the investigation, approximately 145 defendants pled guilty to misdemeanors, mostly defendants who did not cause injury or damage. By now, though, we have charged over 325 defendants with felonies, many for assaulting officers and many for corruptly obstructing or attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. 20 defendants charged with felonies have already pled guilty. Approximately 40 defendants have been charged with conspiracy to obstruct a congressional proceeding and or to obstruct law enforcement. In the months ahead, 17 defendants are already scheduled to go to trial for their role in felony conspiracies. The actions we have taken thus far will not be our last. Oh, that was exhausting. That was exhausting listening to all that horse dung. Um, you know, the, all the people, I mean, think about this. We all saw it happen. You had half a million people, maybe a million people in the, uh, in the, in the Capitol, and Trump told them to peacefully and respectfully go down to the Capitol and protest. So, and you know, when the, when the windows started being broken in the Capitol, you heard people yelling, no, no, don't do that. Don't break windows. Don't, don't, that's not what we're here for. So, you know, all they had, they had, they had all these, all these hundreds of thousands of, of uh, Trump supporters, they're peacefully protesting. And all you have to do is add in a, add a hundred or 200 uh, hired thugs and, do you think that's possible? Do you think that's uh, within the framework of what the Democrat Party does? Do you think maybe George Soros had his hand in that? You know, all they got to do, and hey, give them some MAGA hats so they look like they're Trump supporters. It's all just BS. It's all BS, and I just don't buy it. I don't buy Oh, this was a dangerous insurrection. Even one of the uh, girls at my office said, well, wasn't there some guy, wasn't there some Capitol Police guy that, they got beat to death with a fire extinguisher. Yeah, that's what they said. But no, that didn't happen. The guy died of natural natural cause. He had a heart attack or something. Never got beat by a by a heart attack. Just just had a heart attack there in at his post, and he died the next day in the hospital. So, but they're still but they're still getting up on stage and talking about the the people that were murdered. When in fact, the only person murdered on uh, January sixth last year was a peaceful protester, unarmed. Ashley Babbitt, an Air Force veteran from San Diego, who uh, no warning shots. You know, you see her going through the window and you see a gun sticking out and uh, with no with no body because the body's from behind the cabinet and uh, bam, shoots her in the neck and she bleeds out. What happened to that police officer that shot her? Nothing. Not a thing. 
They cleared him. We didn't get to hear the trial. Nothing like that. Nope. If it was the other way around, it would have been all over. It would have been broadcast on every channel. So anyway, <clears throat> let's talk about California before we uh, run out of time this week. If you listen to the show regularly, you know we have, I have one foot out of California with homes in Arizona and Montana. There's uh, not a lot of hope for this state anymore, but for a brief, for a brief shining moment last year, there was someone who could have turned California all around, Larry Elder. He came close to becoming governor, and although it didn't happen, he continues to enlighten us with excellent commentary like this. This is a column Larry published over the holidays. No wonder people and businesses are dumping California. A recent study by Cato Institute, the liber libertarian think tank, ranked California 48th out of 50 states in personal and economic freedom. The study also examines the fiscal policy and regulatory policy. For the first time, California's population decreased last year, resulting in the loss of a congressional seat. I hope it was Tacano. Bye, bye, Tacano. Uh, in the third quarter of the year, 150,000 more people on average left in the state, uh, left the state versus 60,000 net departures in the first quarter of the last of last year. Between March 2020 and September 21, there has been a 38% decrease in new arrivals. California has 58 counties and, and new arrivals fell in every single one. As to the loss of personal and economic freedom, consider the following examples. As of the end of 2021, a publicly held company headquartered in California must have between one and three female board members, depending on its size, and uh, otherwise face a fine of $100,000. Proponents insist that female membership on boards of directors increases profits one wonders why companies do not just simply sack all their male members in favor of an all-female board. Well, a few male, female members increase profits. Uh, you know, you can always put those males to, to work doing something else. Make the board of directors all females. Seems logical to me. The California Department of Education has proposed an equitable math framework. California Political Review says the framework promotes the concept that working to figure out correct answer is an example of racism and white supremacy invading the classroom. So two plus two equals four, two plus two equals five. It's whatever you make you feel good, young man. Otherwise you're a racist if you say, no, 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 no. Two plus two equals five is wrong. Two plus two is four. You know, it's gonna be uh, amazing if this stuff continues and how that's gonna affect our, uh, our uh, engineering kids that, you know, are building rockets and cars and stuff. And well, you know what, that one little measurement, two plus two equals four, and uh, we, we decided to let it go with five, made your car blow up or your rocket ship. As of January 1st, 2022, California's new bacon law is scheduled to take effect. According to the Associated Press, uh, put simply, the law requires that breeding pigs, egg-laying chickens, and veal calves can be given can be given uh, need to be given enough space to stand around, stand and turn around. For pigs, that means they no longer can be kept in a narrow gestation crate and must have 24 square feet of usable space. Producers predict shortages in more expensive bacon and pork products. In October, uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom continued the fight against climate change, signed a bill to eliminate gasoline-powered lawnmowers and leaf blowers. Never mind that uh, spokesman for the National Association of Landscape Professionals said a three-person landscaping crew will need to carry 30 to 40 fully charged batteries to power its equipment during a full day's work. 
These companies said the spokesmen are going to have to completely retrofit their entire workshops to be able to handle the massive change in voltage so they're going to be to, so they can be charged every day. Um, then there's a new law requiring large toy stores to set up gender neutral toy sections. Well, I haven't seen a large toy store since Toys R Us, but uh, Evan Lowe, the California Democrat Assemblyman who co-authored the bill said, we need to stop stigmatizing what's acceptable for certain genders and let kids be kids. My hope is the bill encourages more businesses across California and the U.S. to avoid reinforcing harmful and outdated stereotypes. Meanwhile, as Democratic lawmakers protect children from harmful and outdated stereotypes, Many kids educated in California public schools cannot read or perform math at state levels of proficiency, standards that are not particularly high. In 2019, barely half the kids in public schools were reading proficient, while only 40% were math proficient. California's jobless rate, 7.3, ties with Nevada for the last place. By contrast, Texas and Florida clock in at 5.4 and 4.6, respectively. The UCLA economist Lee O'Hanahan Ohanian, Ohanian uh, co-authored an August report on the tax and regulatory policies causing businesses to ditch California at an unprecedented rate. The report found that unless policy reforms reverse this, reverse this course, California will continue to lose businesses, both large established businesses as well as young, rapidly growing businesses, some of which will become transformational giants of tomorrow. California policies are expelling rich high profilers Elon Musk, currently the richest man in the world, is relocating his Tesla headquarters from California, California to Texas. Musk, who says he will pay $11 billion in taxes this year, had already moved his residence from Los Angeles to Austin, Austin Texas. In a population of almost 40 million Californians, 1% of the taxpayers account for nearly half of the state's income tax revenues. And Musk, the biggest of the one percenters, just walked. Hey, folks, that's where we are in California. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. And I'll be back again with you next week.